Quotient. I'm your host, Kim Seltzer, a dating and makeover expert, where I will help you build confidence, make connections, and find love from the outside in. You might spend your lives craving it, searching for it, and talking about it. It is this little thing called love. There's been many songs about it, you know, many movies about it. Love is fascinating and it's complex. Romantic love in particular seems to be a beautiful mystery that is kind of hard to explain. And although Poets and songwriters can put many of our romantic thoughts and feelings into words. Love is such an enigma that we need to, you know, kind of the help of science sometimes to explain it. And after all, therapists like myself work to explain how and why people fall in love. Now, the first step in the process of falling in love is that initial attraction, which is where I like to start with most people, of course. And it's the powerful moment when you meet each other and you feel energized and you are immediately aware of your heart pounding and the knees weakening. It's that like drug that kind of overcomes you. And the human brain supports falling in love, which is why you have such a strong physiological response when you are attracted to someone. And once you spend time together as a romantic couple, you are in sort of that love euphoria. And research shows that specific chemical substances like oxytocin and dopamine have been found to play a role in human experiences and behaviors that are associated with love. And that is where you might feel that intoxication with love. That's where all this, you know, music and the, and the movies come in. And that is where you might feel that intoxication. And they function similarly to drug like just drugs in general, like amphetamine, making you alert, excited, wanting to bond, and of course, wanting more. But over time, that drug does wear off. And then you start seeing things. <laughs> and you might not like what you are faced with, quite honestly. And it's as if there is like a filter that kind of glazes over the person you were infatuated with. And then it fades over time to reveal the real person you may not have seen before. And you might even at that point say you are not in love anymore and that these things should just happen spontaneously and that there is something wrong with the relationship because you are not all over each other every single minute as when you began the relationship. But the truth is, is that you have to put time, energy, and commitment into things in order to sustain the relationship and keep the flame passion kindled. I remember there was a client I was working with and obviously I helped her in the beginning stages and, you know, the way she was putting herself out there online was definitely not her sexy self. Uh, we, you know, did a whole wardrobe change. We did an entire makeover. I was teaching her how to flirt. And when she started getting, gaining her sexy confidence and we put some new pictures online, she attracted the man of her dreams. Now, obviously there was more work, you know, that was involved in that, but as you all know, we all fall back into our old habits, right? Our old patterns. And as the relationship was moving on, she started doing that. In fact, the fear factor creeped up and thank God I was still working with her because she said, Kimmy, I think I'm out of here. I, we're going to break up because I can't handle this anymore. Like the same thing is happening. And really, I, I had to challenge her because I saw a different kind of guy than she was used to. And so we really learned about like 
open communication and listening and breaking her old habits. So she wasn't sabotaging things. And they had taken a break for a little bit and then they got back together. And because of the work she's been doing, they're stronger than ever. So here's the thing. In the end, you have to have fun in your romance and you have to put effort into your romantic relationship, the more love you will receive in the in return as the more you put out. So with me today are two very dynamic and smart people who are going to help me talk today about the sexy science of falling in love and how to sustain it. And they are the best-selling authors and relationship experts and have dedicated their lives to helping couples experience profound love and connection. Dr. Michael, who is an MD, an expert in integrative and regenerative medicine, and Dr. Barbara, who is a PhD therapist with over 60,000 hours of counseling. That's a lot of hours. <laughs> I'm with you, sister. Uh, combine their, their expertise to guide couples towards fulfilling romantic partnerships. Their practical skills and teachings have transformed countless relationships, deepening emotional and spiritual bonds. They have TV appearances on CBS, NBC, Fox, and CW, and of course, the Charisma Quotient. Welcome, Drs. Michael and Barbara Grossman. Hi. Nice to be here with you. Oh, it's wonderful for you two to be here, um, and especially together. I love doing interviews with two people, and especially given what we're talking about, and that is love and relationships. I, I'll be fully honest. I don't know your full story. Like I know there's a bunch of things that we're going to talk about professionally, but I would love for you to, to share just like your story and what got you passionate about doing what you're doing. So um, we've written several books on, on love. Um, and uh, in the first book, we go into our story in some detail. So uh, we were 20 and 21 when we got married. And we had 10 years of a lovely marriage where we did whatever I thought we should do. And I liked that marriage. And then, then Barbara went to graduate school and, and she had her own ideas of how things should be. That was really distressing and very difficult. And we went through a lot of uh, issues. We actually almost divorced because oh, wow. it was so traumatic. It was so difficult. We went to a lot of counseling and the counseling wasn't that helpful. But we did a lot of mentoring. And the mentoring was very helpful because they 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 pushed me to grow and develop and us to grow and develop and learn new skills. And out of that, we we created a new way of relating to have two independent, self-sufficient people who came together. And it's very different than having one where, you know, one's the boss and the other one does whatever you say. It's a different kind of relationship. <laughs> Yeah, so, Dr. Barbara, did you want to add to that? Well, I think the point is, you know, we were two very well-educated people, very uh, successful, but that didn't remove us from the challenge of creating a partnership over time. And um, because I believe, you know, men and women have a somewhat different developmental path. Um, you know, while I, ha I was degreed up the yin-yang, I had babies and I was in a nurturing mode and um, I was all in my heart and Michael was focused on his business and he was all in his head. And that's not unusual for couples. And so, you know, my message to couples is that this is most likely inevitable. It doesn't mean you're not intelligent. It doesn't mean you don't mean well. Um, it doesn't even mean that you come from, you know, tragic family life. It, it just is the way of life that uh, we have to grow. And that's partly why uh, marriage is such a fabulous um, uh, lifelong project because it's like a personal transformational program 
that um, that that uh, extends throughout your life. It's it's a guarantee for personal development. I love it. I love it. And you know, I I've talked about this before, and I don't know if you can like chime in. You know, being like a fellow therapist, I remember when I first got single, I was dating as a therapist. It was awful. Like I would put these guys on couches. I would make them feel amazing. (laughs) Was that something that like added to it? Because you guys are both into like helping other people. And I wondered if that was like part of the dynamic. You're you're asking if we got together on that basis. Is that what you mean? No, like meaning was that part of the challenge, you know, like being like total helpers and and knowing so much, you know, sometimes when you know so much, it's hard to be like, in it. You know what I'm saying? Well, there, it's it's very possible that being, you know, we are kind of brainy people and uh, we <laughs> like learning and it could be that, you know, that gets in the way when you think, you know, it it reinforces that self-righteousness that doesn't help conversation at all, um, no doubt. But um, I think that, you know, at the point at which we started growing, I was more um, feeling neglected because I was a mother doing mothering things and trying to, you know, at the same time, develop my own life. And Michael was so focused on um, his business and and learning a range of skills. He's a he's a very independent thinker, and he was you know very focused on becoming the best possible doctor, not just a um, an institutional doctor, but really going outside of the box and helping people beyond their expectations. And so we were you know on our we were doing different things, and we were, we weren't on the same page at all. And uh, it was it took a long time for us to really understand each other and and be willing to listen and negotiate things and and develop a life that represented both of our visions for life. And and I would say that the 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 main issue that we had was that when we had 10 years of a marriage where where wherever I wanted that was what we did. If I wanted to go on a meditation retreat for 2 weeks, that's what we did. If I wanted to go away to Europe for for a month on on some spiritual thing, or if I wanted to move here and get my practice going, um, that's what we did, and and so we did whatever I wanted, and Barb was very cooperative that way because she <laughs> was twenty when we got married. She was just a kid, so was I a kid. But once she started forming her own desires for where she wanted to go in life, she was she was uh, you know, she, she was getting her PhD. And she started not wanting to just do what I was was suggesting that we should do. So, so for us, the big issue was that Barbara felt neglected. I said, "Hey, look, we're we're busy. If you want more of my time, come and work in my office." You know, she didn't want to work in my office. You know, <laughs> she had all things she wanted to do. So she didn't want. She she wanted more of 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 my time to be emotionally connected to her, hmm. and. And who was I emotionally connected to? The people who helped me in my office, because that's who I spent so much time with. And so that was the issue we had. And when I had time off, I was meditating. That was my my, my relaxation time. She wanted personal time. So so what we did at a certain point, uh, it was clear to me that either I was willing to make some changes for her or are we going to get divorced? Because she was like just really mad about the whole thing. And so I said, look, we have kids who are five and seven years old. I don't want them to have a divorced life. I'm going to make whatever changes we need to do. I'm going to do it to make our marriage work. And it was weird. 
Barbara took me on all these courses I would never have gone on. These emotional courses where you learn to share and think and look at your life in a different way. I would never have gone on those courses. She trained me on all those things. And I went on them. And I changed a lot. I remember one, one thing I went to in her, her counseling lessons, they let me come on one of her classes where we're meeting all these nuns and ministers and it was all the psychological stuff. And you had to learn to ask, um, 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 you had to repeat back the question or you know what the statement is and then the feeling that the person is feeling. Well, I was great with saying the question back. I was perfect. I always got, you had a problem. Oh, your problem is such and such. And you're feeling, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> right. I couldn't get the feeling, boy. I was like, I was like swimming underwater there. I had no idea. I was so out of touch with feelings. I was so into the intellect. And that happens to men a lot. Oh my God. Thank you. First of all, for both of you for sharing that, because I think so many people listening to this can relate to what you're saying. And, you know, like I work with a lot of people who date later in life, you know, I call it in the second act and, you know, it's so true. Like you're so different, especially if you were like in a couplehood when you were younger and you were kind of growing together and that you were a certain way, but then yeah, like things change as you get older and there's things that you want and desire. And you have to e either learn how to compromise and get through it and communicate, or that's where a lot of people like, you know, go their separate ways. So I really appreciate just like the vulnerability that you just shared. And yeah, like so many people are in their heads and not into their feelings. That's a big thing that I work on all the time with people. And it's, it's hard, especially with men. Um, but I was curious, like in that pivotal moment where, things were just kind of going awry and you made that decision to really like work on it. What motivated you? Because I, I think, especially in today's age, we're such a disposable society. It's like so easy to just say, okay, next, you know, like I'm out of here, that right, kind of right. thing. Well, for me, the motivation was very clear. I had two kids who I love, two, two girls, and I didn't want anyone to tell me that that they're going to have a divorced parents because my parents never divorced they were married you know uh, our whole lives and um i i wouldn't accept that you know it, i it, it, it's not okay it's not okay I, I my individual desires are not that critical that i should do this to my my children and grandchildren it, it, it you know i don't you know, I'm not so into my own way that it has to be my way. Mm. I think my way was probably better. I knew everything. I was totally intellectually <laughs> filled with knowledge. And, but um, it, um, uh, that's what motivated me. And, and then, you know, to realize that uh, it was so much I didn't know. All these courses and classes you took me on, I had no clue. I mean, I was like the dumbest person. And not be, I had a list of, of, of feeling words and I would look up and down and try to say, well, which feeling was that? It was like, I had no idea. In medical school, they don't teach you about feelings. Ah, that's so well, I can take a test and know nothing, but I get a great score because I know how to take tests. Right, intellectually, you knew how to be emotional. <laughs> 
which still wasn't like there. Yeah. There's, it's funny. I um, have a lot of my clients download this app. There's an app now for those feeling words. It's called mood meter. And, and I'll, I'll have them record their feelings throughout the day, especially in conjunction with just like getting in touch, like identifying the feelings, but also knowing how to communicate that. Cause it's one thing to know the feeling, but then how do you communicate that? You know, so there's so much wrapped in there. Dr. Barbara, I know you wanted to say something. Yes. Yeah. So Michael, you know, made, he made a, a decision based on his values, but that's not to say that either of us, both of us were in a great amount of pain and uh, what we didn't know yet. And couples need to know this is that we were stepping on each other's toes in certain ways based on our family experiences. So when I would complain about this or that, Michael wasn't sensitive or caring, I was touching his pain spot. His mother was very, very, you know, with good intentions, very critical. And, you know, so he was sitting on a pile of, of you know, hurt. And mine was just the, you know, the, the latest level. And it would hurt him beyond anything that I could imagine was rational because his reaction was so extraordinary. And I kept feeding that hurt. And on my side, um, my mother divorced when I was an infant. I didn't grow up with my biological father until she um, and, and I had a, I, I got a father when I was eight years old, who was a wonderful man. And so I saw a great marriage, but that, you know, that, that, um, that, you know, history of hurt and um, longing for a, a male figure and um, the fear of loss was so, in, you know, so ingrained in my system that when Michael was, was ignoring me for a long period of time, it reactivated that. And so I was my worst possible self. And so, you know, we had drama city here, like all couples, we all have injuries from our, our childhoods and uh, our, no, it's not that parents don't mean well, they just, life is life and it's complicated. And um, so we had to, to, we had to heal our personal histories. We had to, you know, we had to relook at the injuries and resolve them and, and be able to talk about them and understand them. And I, and I learned not to step on Michael's injuries and he learned not to, 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 uh, activate mine and and that was you know that's that's such a a gesture of love to understand each other and you know you don't know what you're you don't know what you're living with until you're in a relationship and someone steps up you know reactivates your feelings that's why you know the healing that's possible in a in a good relationship is extraordinary it's so true and there's like triggers that will like be connected to things of the past or you know your upbringing and that kind of thing and it takes a lot to first recognize it but then get through it and so that's what i wanted to ask you um you know, cause you've gotten this down to a science obviously. And then this is part of your book and what you preach, but I wondered, you know, like through that process, how, what are some of the key factors that contribute to the lasting kind of love that you were able to work through? And like, how do you get through those demons? Cause you're right. Like it's like almost a default button. You'll go back to what, you know, good, bad, or indifferent. And you have to kind of fight your way and put strategies into place to override some of that and really create new patterns, you know, especially as a couple. Right. Well, what I find is that, you know, it's so easy to talk to your prospective partner when the relationship is new. Oh, uh, right. Yes. But, um, <laughs> but then we forget how to, how to share our feelings. And, um, you know, what most people don't know is that anger is not a primary feeling. Uh, it's based on fear and hurt. And, you know, it's one thing to say, you know, I feel, I feel hurt when you say such and such, or I feel hurt when you go off for hours and hours and don't call. It's another thing to be pissed off, raving, angry. And what, and that, that's how many of us come across. And so we have to learn how to share properly 
and we need to be able to sit with ourselves and understand before we open our mouths to, um, to share our feelings, we need to know specifically what behaviors we want that will help and heal the, the, the what's missing or what hurts so that um, there's, a, there's a solution that's manageable. It's, you know, it's, you're not just screaming out, you've got to love me. You've got to, you, have to, you have to know what behavior will deliver love in that moment that will make the moment work. And what I would add is that we, we teach classes in, in, in these skills. Some of the classes are on videos where you can just watch them and, and learn the skills there. We also have live classes that we teach. And what we teach couples is that there's processes whereby you can tell them what it was like for you growing up. Mm. So I tell them, I, I would tell Barbara, what it was like for me is that I can never please my mother. Whatever I did trying to please her, it was never enough. And she would yell at me and scream and criticize and beat me down. And no matter how well I did in school or here or there, she said, oh, well, I expect that of you. And that was it. She never, she, and so for me, I never felt like I was good enough. And so anything that Barbara does that touches that. So when I make a request, then I, I, I told her my history and she knows why I have these bizarre requests. I like to say <laughs> your tone of voice, when you want me to do something different, is to be very gentle. Say, oh, it would really make me happy if you would do this. Would, would you be able to do it that way or something? I, that's okay. But if she says, hey, why don't you throw this out when you're supposed to or Well, why don't you turn the light out? Then I feel, oh, you're not going to tell me what to do. I'm going to show you. And so, so, but we all have that from, uh, from everyone. From our side, it seems like a, you know an overwhelming thing from the side of the other person. They say, oh, I just asked you to turn the light out. What's the big deal? Right. And it's so interesting because like, if, if she was with some other guy who didn't have that past experience, the way she said it may not make him react the same way. Like that's what's so crazy. And, and that's what's so important with those communication issues. I just had a dating retreat um, this coming weekend and we were doing just a, an improv exercise that was super benign and fun. And one of the gentlemen raised his voice to the woman just in play acting. And she had such a trigger response. And to your point, what happened later on when I processed it with her, she's like, well, it, it, it brought me back to the little girl when my dad used to yell at me yeah. and it, I got scared. And right. it's like, and so what a beautiful moment to have like a corrective experience around that and really work through it, knowing that not right. everybody is your dad. Right. And so, but right. it's how you talk about it. Right. But then you have to make request of your guy and say, Hey, you yes. know, my husband, please, I'm really sensitive about this. Can you, you know, it's really important that you watch your tone of voice because otherwise I go into my six-year-old and your husband says, oh, that's why you behave like that. That's so, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, I, I can, I can, I can make that change, at least try to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, couples need to do that all the time. Mm -hmm. So that's one big factor. And then of course, the other big factor is whoever you were when you were 20 is very different than who you are when you're 40. So it worked fine when you were 20, but now that you're 40, you say, no, none of that now. I'm not taking that at all. And and the other party says, what? We've been doing that for whatever. Now, what? And so we change. We yeah. change. you got to know that.
Really, really great. Well, are, and, and it's so, it is complex yet. It can be so simple. Like once you learn some of the fundamentals, cause I was wondering, are there other like communication tips that you have around that? Yeah, we have a lot of communication tips that we do in our courses. One of the main things we teach is that if you're not listening without interrupting, then you're not really listening. So, so we, we have a whole process that we teach how to listen for three minutes without interrupting and to set up a time, a schedule. And we have a little, uh, a little uh, uh, rules and guidelines how to do it because that's so critical because you, know, you can spend a whole week and not really have an important conversation with your, with your romantic partner. And, and, and this we suggest you do it on a regular basis, but you gotta have appointments and you gotta be able to do it and keep your mouth closed for three minutes is hard. <laughs> especially if you're a woman, right? <laughs> I know there's a lot of like gender differences too in the way that we express ourselves, how we express ourselves. I know women use a lot more words than men and to men, it might sound like want, 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 like the peanuts, right? And then right. men just start tuning out. And so that's also like how we talk to each other, I think is really important in the way that we like to be heard, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. And so the other part of that, that skill set is that when you talk for three or so minutes without interrupting, then you can't talk about those same subjects for 24 hours. Oh, I like that. So it satisfies the man who's like overwhelmed. Oh my God, that was so much stuff. And the woman at least gets three minutes of being able to say all this stuff that she's been holding in. But it's important to think about those conversations. So it gives you time to sort it out and, and get to a deeper level. So you, when you read, you know, you go back to that topic, if, if there's something that remains to be said, you're on another level. It's so true. Um, you know, as we're talking about this, I, I'm, I'm thinking about the topic that we were talking about. And, and, and I love that you use the word sexy in front of science. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's like fantastic, by the way. Because, you know, that's the thing is a lot of times, like, especially when you get into the relationship, that flame starts disappearing, you know? And so I was wondering if you could just kind of talk a little more about like, how do you, how do you keep the flame and the passion going with all these other things that like, because it can feel heavy. Well, I, let me start with, uh, there's a certain, you know, we emphasize there are differences with men and women. And women need to know how to speak to their men. And a man needs to know how, know how to give attention to his woman. And that keeps um, the spark going. Um, there's also, you know, you need, you need time together. And mm -hmm. you, need, you can't lose track of your relationship when you're raising your family. You need to um, nurture your, each other. And then as, as time passes, you need to know about um, the new technology of staying um, young and vital. And that's Michael's territory. So, so what I want to add about what you've said already is that <clears throat> men are sensitive to being able to make their women happy. Women have to tell the guys how happy they are when he does X, Y, and Z. They, men love, love that. That makes them feel like a man. That, that, that builds up their energy. That builds up their passion. So ladies, you've got to tell the guy how great he is when he does this and this and this. You're gonna thank him so much for what he does. He loves when you do that. So don't forget to do that. And 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 the men have to listen to the women when they have certain 
desires that seem rather unnecessary, you know, you know, like a hug or, you know, like touch me or like, you know, sit down and talk to me for two minutes or five minutes. Men have to know they have to extend themselves to what the women, the women love connection. The women wants to feel like she's attractive and, 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 and she needs that. And, and, and for a man, he's trying to, you know, make things happen for her, but you also, so you both have to be aware of that. So that is the connection that you have to do continuously. And then Dr. Barber's talking about, um, as you get older, you turn 45 and 50, women go into menopause, men go into andropause. You lose your youthful hormones. I do a lot of hormone replacement. Oh, it right. is dramatic. I mean, it's just like I change people's lives all the time. And you, if you're a woman, you start not sleeping good, you get irritable, you get moody, you get tired, you lose your libido, you lose your energy, and your brain doesn't work like it's supposed to. And it's all fixable. It's it's the, the the natural bioidentical hormones help you live longer and healthier than if you do nothing. So it's a great thing to do. And for men, they lose their energy. They lose their desire. They get older, 50, 60, 70 years old. They just want to sit on the couch. They're tired. Any stress just overwhelms them. You give them some testosterone. Oh, they have energy to accomplish again and do things. They're not ready to retire. They want to make things happen again. And they have their libido back and their, their muscle stamina. And so that, that's really dramatic. As you get older, you need these things. I love that. And I love that you're kind of touching upon how to teach each other, you know, what we need, because I'll hear all the time. It's like, well, he doesn't do this for me or she doesn't do that for me. It's like, well, have you asked? Right. And, and some just you have to ask nicely. You can't ask. And, like, and, and flirty. Don't no, exactly. It can't be a command. It, it needs to be flirty and fun. And that's, that's also funny. like the feminine communication too, versus, you know, the masculine. So, um, Oh my God, there's like so many tangents we could go off in, but I want to stay with um, kind of this, like this, the sexy science of falling in love. Like, um, did you want to share? Cause I know there's some things in your book about just, you know, certain stages of the long-term romantic um, partnership. I think that'd be interesting to touch on. So, so throughout life, you move into different phases inevitably when you're a little baby sucking on the breast, you just, it's just you and the breast and you get to be two years old. You're then separated from mother and you go into the terrible twos. You want it your way and you want that candy and you're screaming because you're not getting it. You get to be six and eight. You love being part of the family and you're back being close to the things you love. You get to be 13. You don't want to walk on the same side of the street as your parents. You want to be separate from them and you know everything then. And you get to be 20 something you're in love with your partner. You want your own family. You're close to the things you love. You get to be 35 and 40. You've had enough of this closeness stuff. You want to have your own space and you're separate from the things you love again. You get to be 50, 60, you're a grandparent. You then love being part of the family and you're feeling close. This movement is inevitable and it changes you and changes who you are. And don't expect a romantic partnership to be a smooth ride. It's not. It goes through these big changes and it doesn't happen at the same time. It's not like the men and women are exactly in the same sequence. But even if they are, it still creates 
complexities. So you've got to have the skills that we talked about, mm-hmm. sharing skills, talking to each other, understanding your 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 uh, 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 your family of origin and all the things that were you know sensitivities. You have to have those skills down so that you can deal with the changes, and the changes keep going on and on, and there's more changes after that. <laughs> I love that. Dr. Barber, did you want to chime in at all or? No, it's, it, it is a rough ride. Um, yeah. uh, Cause I don't know that, you know, uh, and for, for most, for the most part, um, uh, even psychology courses uh, or, or lower grades don't teach the full life cycle. So this is unexpected. And um, so, you know, when you, you, you know, you, you feel like when you, you know, get married, you're together forever and you're connected emotionally forever, but it's, your perspectives keep changing so radically and it's, you know, we're not prepared for it by any, you know, kind of public education um, uh, experience. So it, it, we tend to take it personally. We think we've fallen out of love. We think our partners are, um, are, are uh, there's, um, you know, impossible differences. There's all kinds of interpretations that lead us astray. And um, I wish I, you know, when couples come to see me in my office, they, you know, they don't see the, so I like giving courses because you see we're all in the same mess. Um, when you're, you're, when you're in a uh, counselor's office, you, you only have your own report and it feels so, you feel so isolated and alone with something that feels so wrong and bad, but it's really everybody's challenge. It's so true. And I'm, I'm really happy that you normalized it just both with what you said, that it is hard acknowledging that it's hard. And also, um, Dr. Michael, like what you said, it just, uh, knowing that there's stages, like knowing that it, it can go like ebb and flow and like the emotional roller coaster as you describe it. Cause I think it's layered even more so than like years ago, because we've become such a fast disposable society with many, many options. It's, it's hard to really like stay focused and do the work and have both parties able and willing. I mean, that's the other thing, like there's a lot more to that commitment. So I just love the work that you're doing and the commitment you have together to do that. Um, I would, do you have any like parting words of wisdom that you want to share? And please like, let everybody know how they can find you and, and plug your book, please. So, so uh, you can get a free chapter of our book, agelesslovebook.com. And uh, uh, you'll get some fun reading material there that you'll enjoy. And um, um, if, if you go there, you'll be able to get more information about any courses and classes that we have, which are really fun and valuable. And um, uh, we've taught thousands of couples and uh, we love doing that. It's a lot of fun and um, everyone needs that. You're not born knowing this material, how to share, how to interact with each other. You may have seen a good, uh, a, a good marriage with your parents or maybe not, but still you haven't learned the skills that you need to have to create a good marriage. So this is required learning for everybody. Can I add, I, th- I believe Americans are lonely, whether they're in relationship or not. Uh, and the um, internet, our phones do not help the situation. Uh, what we know from research is that people who are happily uh, connected and with lifelong commitments, they live longer. And, um, and it, it's, um, it, it creates a much sweeter life. Loneliness is not good for health. It's not good for the soul's purpose. It's not good for uh, your emotional um, health at all. And so we want to reach out to people and let them know that 
Um, it's important to connect with others. It's important to, if you're not married to date and learn how to date, learn the, the questions you need to ask just to figure out if this, um, the person you're with for the evening is a, is a, pros a prospect, a potential partner and, and, um, and take the possibilities of being married and having a family seriously because otherwise it's a lonely life. Yeah. And, and they even said like loneliness is an epidemic right now. I mean, it's really rampant and I just love that you guys are, you know, reaching out to help connect people. I mean, this is what we're all here for and all about. And what I really love about what both of you said is that it gives people a sense of hope because it can feel hopeless. Like you said, Dr. Michael, like no one's born with these skills, like you have to learn. So if you didn't learn it, then it's never too late to learn this stuff. I always joke that like, I can't teach IQ, you know, most people have, <laughs> I can teach EQ, you know, and we can teach some of these social interactions and skills that can, you know, better our lives and make those powerful connections. So thank you so much both for, for your powerful words of wisdom. It's a pleasure to be with you. A pleasure. We enjoyed it very much. Thank you. And thank you for joining me today. You listening. This has been the Charisma Quotient. I'm your host, of course, Kimmy Seltzer. And remember, you can build confidence, make connections and find love from the outside in. And if you want to know more, make sure you go to my site, KimmySeltzer.com. And if you are wanting to learn how to attract a relationship and sustain it, hop on a call with me to talk about ways that I can help you. Just click the link you see in the show notes. And remember, working on you is working on your dating life. That's all for now.